This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Plan on paying less for the coverage that you need with Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get a quote today at FBHP.com. I'm Mike Keith. The Titans lost in Indianapolis 23-16, dropping their record to 2-3 and three on the season. I visited with head coach Mike Vrabel on Monday to discuss Sunday's loss and the upcoming trip to London to face the Ravens. Here's my conversation with Mike Vrabel on the OTP. You're headed to London to play the Ravens this Sunday. Today's Monday. What happened today, and how does the rest of the week go? Well, it's about uh, us getting our guys back here and, um, <clears throat> you know, getting healthy and, and getting treatment. And, you know, players were off today. We're going to go tomorrow. We're going to work. We're going to practice um, and, and start preparing. And that's uh, that's our charge. We'll work through the week. Um Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll leave Thursday after practice. Um, but we got a lot of work to do in a, in a short amount of time. When you get to London, what's the time frame? Say on Friday. How does Friday work? Yeah, so we're, we're excited about going over there. We'll, we'll, we'll land. Um, we'll get to the hotel, probably do some, some exercises, warm up, loosen up. Uh, just kind of get up, you know. Hopefully, we'll sleep during the plane. I, I know we will, and we'll we'll meet and get things going, and then get back on schedule. How is this different on the body from, say, a West Coast trip? What are the challenges? I I thought we felt okay going over. Um, I, you know, I think you, you, there's some adjustment coming back. I, I didn't think that, you know, there was much. Um, I, I thought there was good energy from what I can remember the last time. Um, you know, ultimately the game didn't go our way, uh, but I just felt like coming back, uh, there was more challenge of, of getting used to it. I thought going over there, uh, we were okay. The team was certainly ready to play against the Chargers five years ago. It didn't seem to be any effort issues or, or guys being tired or anything like that. Are there things that you have changed in a major way from the trip five years ago? No, I don't. I don't think too much. I, I think that um, you know that there's different ways of going about going over there i know the ravens are going uh today uh that that's what they're going to do and i've talked to teams that have gone over there um for the week talked to teams that have gone over there thursday after practice and uh, what's most important is that you play well uh, on sunday do you have a scouting report on tottenham hotspur stadium as of yet well, I think we we saw some of that game and, and heard the conversations uh, about it. You know, whatever the turf is, uh, looks to be a, a great stadium. You know, we'll have to f- see how the the turf reacts, and and we'll we'll talk to both of those uh, equipment managers and, and get their thoughts as well. You prepare your team for crowd noise, like on the road. The offense is going to have a hard time. Sometimes at home, the defense has a tougher time communicating. How do you prepare in that way for this game, maybe without the knowledge of how and when the crowd will react? Well, I think they uh, they cheer for the, the kicks. You know, I mean, there's always excitement when we kick, the, everybody kicks the football. And there's a whistling dullness throughout, right? It's, yeah. It does not too high, too low. And, you know, there's more of a murmur um, throughout the game. You would like to kick less this week, particularly when you're in the Ravens' red zone. How do you do a better job finishing down there? Well, I mean, we got to hit hit some plays. You know, we were close on the one, uh, which led to second and ten, and then, 
you know, didn't convert the third down. We we got off schedule there with the first and 20, uh, and then we didn't convert, you know, on the fourth and one. So it's always about execution, uh, staying efficient and, uh, you know, hitting those, um, you know, everybody's got a scheme play down there. And being able to hit hit those when we get down there, and then also the the stuff that we've run for for quite some time. So, um, you know, really just being better and, and and staying staying ahead of the chains and not being at first and twenty that'd be a good start. In rewatching the game this morning, it seems like the Titans were very close in several opportunities down there. Had some had some real opportunities to make some things happen. So my question is. How do you continue to build on that, understanding that teams will adjust for those plays where they did see you had the chance to have success? Yeah, it's it's always going to be about our banked rep stuff that we feel good about throughout the season and, and training camp, uh, and then adding you know whatever we feel like helps us for that week. And you know you have to you know read it out and and, and take what's there. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get back. You know, against the excellent red zone, you know, defense is number one in the league, or you know, so it's not going to get any easier this week. DeAndre Hopkins eight catches for 140 yards. Whether it's the short pass, the medium length pass, the deep pass, the one he made the adjustment on on the on the cold sideline, he just keeps doing it. What's his secret? Why is he so good? Well, I think he's talented. I think he's got uh, really good understanding. He's got good body control. Uh, I thought Ryan gave him, you know, good opportunities. Um, but when when he needed to to kind of settle down on his own, he settles down. If he need, you know, win one on one, and you know, I'm glad that we didn't, you know, force it to him. I thought we forced it to him a little bit there in 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 the, in the first week, which led to, um, you know, some some just. I didn't think that – I thought we forced it to him a little early on. And then, so yesterday I felt like even though he had great production, uh, those were – all those opportunities were warranted. There was – you know, he had one or he was coming open and Ryan let him let him open or he settled settled down in his zone or Ryan extended a play and found him. So he's got a good feel and I think they're they're building their relationship. In watching him over the years, always so impressed. But now that he's a Titan and watching him day to day – DeAndre Hopkins has a unique understanding of how the game works. He has a spatial awareness. He has a situational awareness. It's one of the most impressive parts of what he does. He's got great body control, and I think to understand that, I I do recognize what you're talking about as far as, you know, adjusting to the football or slowing down when he needs to slow down so that he's not running into a zone or into a zone defender. Um, And then I think he's got good play strength. You know, so I think that all those things time up and, you know, we need to continue to find him and he's got to help us. Nicholas Petit-Frere back on the offensive line this week. What are the plans for him? Uh, you know, I mean, continue to progress and evaluate uh, what we need to do. Uh, if, if Nick's one of those guys or he's working his way in there. Uh, but, you know, he Nick's been away from football for, you know, for over a month uh, since since the end of training camp. So we'll have to, you know, try to work him back in there and see where he can help us. How did you feel like Peter Skaronsky did yesterday? I thought Peter was okay. I think it, there was a little bit of rust. I thought his effort was, was good. I thought he was willing. You know, just needs to, you know, get back into the swing of things, and I'm sure he'll be better this week. What is Mike Vrabel's message for the defense this week? Well, I, I think we, we were obviously we're going to have to stop uh, the run will have to stop the quarterback run much more than what we saw 
uh, last week. Uh, we, we have to play better. You know, I mean, the guys that have been playing well around here for a while or, or the first part of this season, you know, those are the players that have to play well for us to win. And and that's what happens in this league. You you, know, you don't you know put out there what you know the the, the product that you want, and you got to come back the next week and you got to you know, do something about it. Was there any surprise on the tape to you about what went wrong in run defense? Uh, nope, I saw it the first time. It's mostly guys, uh, you know, getting out of their gaps and they blocked us. Playing a Baltimore team this week that uh, certainly is physical. They are what they are seemingly every year and have been for the last 30 years. What jumps out to you about these Ravens? The, the consistency. You know, I think that they, um, they don't beat themselves. Uh, they're, they're, they're good uh, in the red zone. They, they mix pressure on defense and, and they're able to play zone coverage. Um, you know, good up front. You know, backers are fast and run. Uh, secondary all have uh, you know really good instincts. You know, Hamilton is plays a nickel. He plays a safety. He kind of plays a little bit everywhere. You know, offensively, um, a lot of skill players. They mix. They, they they distribute the ball. Lamar's doing a good job of getting the ball uh, into everybody's hands. Uh, and, and the run game. You know, I mean, it continues to be something that that's always been a strength of theirs. The quarterback has got a good understanding of when he can take off and when he designed runs and taking care of his body and um, you know staying out of harm's way that's my Monday talk with Mike Vrabel a reminder the Titans and the Ravens square off in London at 8 30 central this Sunday morning at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the award-winning Titans countdown starts at 7 30 a.m central we hope you'll join us we also hope that Titans fans will join us for a cup of Duncan It's always game on with Duncan. So grab a coffee and kick off the action, whether that's drinking a cup on your way to the game or grabbing one to go before watching the game at home. Duncan is always there to help you get your game on. Just like the pros, we need to be at our best come game time, which is why Duncan is the most important part of your game day ritual. Because it's always the best call for football. America runs on Duncan. The OTP continues with my Titans radio colleagues, Rhett Bryan and Ramon Foster, as we talk about what happened on Sunday in Indianapolis a little bit further. Most surprising statistic of the game for me, if you take out the kneel downs, Ramon, and the Titans had a kneel down at the end of the first half, and the Colts had a kneel down at the end of the game, each team only had seven possessions. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. Uh, but you know what you also call that? Divisional matchups. That's why you play them, and that's why teams uh, – that's why it's usually you play closer games against those types of teams. It's usually come down to a few points when it comes down to you win or losing that game. And also, there is also those opportunities where your division rival, like the Colts, end up doing good things against you because they know you well enough. Watching the way the coach team ran the ball this this past weekend shows you that they knew the Titans. They knew that, hey, if we get rolling in a little bit, then we can keep doing those types of things. And that's think, I think that's why we're, we're robbed of a few possessions. I think most times the averages are what, about maybe 10 possessions a game Roughly. from each side. yeah. That was a watch me grind out because I know I can't afford to turn the ball over type of game. That's what we saw this past Sunday in Indianapolis. Structurally, you know, when I'm up there behind you and uh, Mac calling the game, 
I, I know it's going that way just in the back of my head because we're, we don't take commercial breaks for a long period of time. And it's boom, 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 one after right. the other. And we had that in two or three occasions yesterday. But yeah, it's um, one of those where you thought after you certainly first quarter, certainly after you saw the first half, like you better make it count when you get the ball. Well, and let's take it from there, which is really kind of the point to which you're making. For the Titans offensively, they had one touchdown, one punt, three field goals, failed to make it on fourth down, and one at the five-yard line. And then the interception at the end, which was the only turnover of the game. So, yeah, I mean, the the fact that they did not score in those red zone possessions made even bigger by the fact that they only had seven possessions total. And you know what? The, uh, 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 a usual tell from coaches is this when you get to the red zone. We, we just reviewed it uh, earlier, and it was this. No sacks, no penalties, no turnovers. Numerous times for this Titans teams going to the red zone, it will be first and 10 at the 14. They get a hold in Pilsen. Then next thing you know, there's a OPI that happened on the player too. And then there's a negative play that happens. You have to be able to stay in the red zone and not have negative plays, especially when you're on the road, you're playing in that environment. And, and, and fan bases are smart. When you get to the tight red zone, they know to get louder. They understand what's at stake here. If you get a team behind the chains, you got to capitalize on those moments, whether that be one of those possessions, NWI had the DB beat. You can't be a split second behind when it comes to Tannehill delivering the ball. And that's not the the main situation or the main uh, detriment to the game, but you have to be able to put your foot on the defender's neck whenever you have that opportunity. You can't have those situations right there. And, for example, Henry has Hopkins open in the end zone on the halfback pass and just throws it a, a count or so too far. You know, because Hopkins had no chance to get the feet down. It really wasn't that close. The Titans are just off down there in the red zone. As a matter of fact, the only way they scored a touchdown was on a reverse look to Tajay Spears from the 19-yard line. They're having trouble finding those plays or those combinations to get it in once they get inside the opponent's 20. And it's something that, Rhett, they've always been so good at it. I'm going to go back to something, and and I'm not trying to lay out the excuses here, but I'm serious when I say this, and we all know this is such a big part of this. What is it? The average roster's 30% turnover every year. It's nearly 50% this time around. And And even greater on offense. Yeah. And so, you know, but people would say, but Rhett, they've had all this time in training camp. Yes, they have, but you can only manufacture so much stuff that equates to live action, and you just can't do that that much in the off season. I just think this team is still trying to find its way, and this would be one of the areas where they're still trying to do it. And here's the other thing, too, to add to that, uh, Rhett, to your point, man. You speak about the execution. That's the first thing I think that's got to come out. of The play, all in all, I feel like has been good. Is there some areas that need to be cleaned up? Yes. I feel like this is the second week we're talking about the tight ends holding up their end on the line of scrimmage. But you look at the play calling, I like it. We had conversation during the game, guys. Like the the coach defense can tell if they were running the ball or whether it was play action. They were getting it to work, and then they get to the red zone. I want to go to that jump pass you talk about with Derek. I'm not opposed to the call. 
that boils down to me to execution because sure. here's the thing. If we can be mad at it this week, we weren't mad at it last week no. when it hit. No, no, no. So it's, it's, it's not a fact that the operation isn't working or the play calling isn't good enough because the coach defense, I don't think had many answers going into the second half and coming out of the third quarter too. But it's a, it's a, it's a matter of executing in that tight red zone moment, not getting penalties and simply making your plays. And, and also here's the thing too. If a guy's having a high hand like D hop, it's okay to continue to go to that well, and if they close up that well defensively, as far as the coach go, whether they choose to double him or not, somebody else has to rise to the occasion. And, and that's why I feel like the growth of this roster turnover, Rhett, uh, trailing being out a little bit, those are the questions that have to be asked when it comes down to where's my next option. Those guys have to make those plays. I, and I know there's people all over you when it comes down to you've been defending in the run, pa- run play and stuff like that or, or the passing uh, operation of the offense. But those guys, those secondary guys, if it's not D-Hop, if it's not Derek, if it's not Tajay at this point, you got to step up and make those plays, specifically on the road where it's crucial on every single snap to have some positivity. And you know the Colts are going to be good in the red zone defensively because they're really fast. I mean, they're really fast, and they've got Buckner, who's hard to throw (sighs) over because he's so big. They have edge guys that can rush, and then they have Franklin who can clean up everything, plus the fact they play five defensive backs as a standard formation, much like college teams do now. And so their execution in the secondary is going to be good because that's what they play 80% of the time anyway. In other words, you have to be precise. And Tim Kelly's call on the halfback pass was excellent. It was there. Henry just threw the ball a little too far. Mm -hmm. And right now, Tannehill being late or Henry throwing the ball a little too far or this or that or the other, every little thing is hitting the Titans in the knees in the red zone. Everything. It's a game of inches at all times. It's very smart people in this league, too, when it comes down to what you're trying to do to them and what they need to do to you. Like you said, those small player mistakes is kind of the way I look at this. We can blame the coaches all you want, so people are going to call for anybody's head when it comes to be fired or, you know, who needs to be promoted or demoted. On the field of play, though, some of this comes down to the players executing. And I don't ever want to make an excuse for a player being less than or below the line, however you want to look at it. Sometimes you have to overcome coaching, and that's where we're, we got to figure out the separator on the small penalties. Having two OPIs from Chica Concord this weekend, you can't allow those types of things to happen. You know, and that's just small item things, and that's not just a him problem. It's, you know, everybody's taking a turn almost in a sense, sure. and you can't afford that when you've had this stretch of AFC games. Well, Ramon, you, Mike Vrabel says it every week. Don't do dumb stuff that messes up the team. And, and that's what we're talking about. But to, to bring this to you love cars like I do. Absolutely Ramon. right. This is like a really good car. And the engine block is Tannehill and Henry and all those main piece, pieces and parts. But in an old school car, you'd when you looked at something that when it wasn't idling right, the motor and those things, you'd put in uh, a, a distributor cap and a rotor button and, and wires and pl- new spark plugs. That's what the new players and stuff and all this is. But your mechanic needed that timing light to get the timing exactly right. And once that timing is set on the engine, it runs so good. That's where the Titans is uh, in terms of this offense right now. Interesting. Defensively, surprising. I mean, to see Zach Moss go for 195 yards total, 165 yards on the ground, 
the fact that you take out his 56-yard run and he still had over 100 yards and averaged five yards a carry. He got in on a run from the three-yard line, which Vrabel hates to see. We're not, you know, he says, guy gets in from the one, it's one thing, but we're not letting a guy in from the three. I mean, the offensive line for the Colts, were they that good, Ramon Foster? Honestly, Mike, yes. Yesterday they were. I don't, I don't think we've seen this offensive line from the Indianapolis Colts in over a year. But again, they opened up the dome. <laughs> they had the fans get loud, their ownership tweeting out stuff. And I'm a person, I, I feel like we can understand when someone's been petty a little bit. They had the owner pay their star running back. The game that the Titans were set to come into town, they had everything set. This league is built on revenge and trying to one-up somebody. And they absolutely did that this week. You can tell that offensive line took that challenge. I, I saw Quentin Nelson do a few things I hadn't seen him do on film. He's had a little bit more shove to his game after the play. He's finishing linebackers a little bit more. And they were intent at the line of scrimmage of moving this defensive line. If you look at Zach Moss's runs, he was beyond patient because he grew confident in that offensive line up front. They, again, the D-line that the Titans have ain't a bad defensive line, even the backups. But it was simply this. They got eight up at the line of scrimmage to where they couldn't see the ball because Zach Moss was patient behind them. And when you have that type of patience to where you can move that defensive line and also get to the second layer of the linebacking core, that's a long day at the office. Those linebackers couldn't find the gaps that they needed to because of what was happening on the first level. And, Ramon, you're right because the stat sheet will tell you part of the story. When you look at the final defensive stats, five tackles from the defensive line of the Titans, 25 from the linebackers in Gibbons and Al Shire, but it's almost too late at that point because they've crossed the line of scrimmage. Well, and he had a Frank Gore-like performance. That's what it looked like to me. Frank Gore, 5'9", 215, not the fastest guy in the world, but powerful legs, and he would wait and wait and then make the cut. And then he would be, you know, that quickness that he had, he could get to a much higher speed at the second or third step. He wasn't going to run off and leave you. And Zach Moss made the long run because it was wide open, not because he's a speed demon. Mm-hmm. But the power, the confidence, the rhythm that they had. And I think if that, if you're a Titans fan, that's what drove you crazy because they rarely let a back get that kind of rhythm. They've never let Jonathan Taylor get that kind of rhythm in a game. Zach Moss had it in a Frank Gore-esque way in the ballgame. So what you're saying, Mike, they're not throwing tall sweeps out there to no. Zach Moss. No. <laughs> and, and I think that's what's most frustrating about it is you hadn't seen this defensive line. Let's start there. This defensive line get moved around like this, get controlled like this. And that was what was most frustrating because you were looking for answers from Jack Gibbons from Aziz Alshar or either the safety filling. And I know what a lot of people are probably thinking, well, send run blitzes at him. Well, that becomes an issue, too, because Gardner Minshew, after Anthony Richardson went out, has the ability to go downfield, and he did. So if you're willing to sacrifice sending run blitzes at a team that will simply dump off the ball in a pass pro because they had a good bit of drop back. Well, and Minshew is going to be more able to do that than Richardson. It's almost as if once that run game got started and Richardson went out, Minshew was a better answer for that particular situation. He may not be if we see him December 4th, but for how that game was flowing, it almost worked out better that the for the Colts, at least, that they had to switch quarterbacks. And Minshew's an experienced guy, Red. He is, and 
uh, the Titans have been unfortunate to see this end of it in a Jacksonville uniform and and yesterday uh, in Indianapolis. I think you said it best during the broadcast. He is a lot like Ryan Fitzpatrick in terms of being a streaky player. When he's good, he's really, really good. good. When he's bad, he's bad. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, he was good. He he was good. And one thing we talked about in the pregame show on Titans Radio was this, right? Make the rookie look like a rookie. And he did. He threw the ball backwards, gave up a sack to Roger McCreary. But then the vet came in. And, of course, he was able to see the, the 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 play calling down or the defense down the field. And we saw him capitalizing those things. Those double moves that, of course, they were strategically throwing at Christian Fulton, played a part in it. As soon as he threw the, threw the ball, you guys saw the replay like I did. He fist pumped because he knew in his intellectual mind as a veteran quarterback in his league, even as a backup, that was what they were looking for. And those are the issues you kind of run into or, or you don't want to run into when you're playing against a rookie quarterback. So, Mike, back to your original point. At the rate that the game was going, it was fit for Gardner Minshew to come in and flourish. All right, so let's talk about going forward to London for the Titans coming off the performance in Indianapolis. There are fans, commentators, everybody saying changes need to be made. Because you're going to London, is this almost a little bit like playing on Thursday night where it's very hard to make many changes due to not the length of time because you've got a week, but the fact that you're going to certainly lose some preparation time with the travel and getting used to things in London. You almost have to sit still unless something's been egregious. Uh, when you lose, everything's highlighted. And, and that's what sucks about this league. You're not really giving many mulligans unless you're winning. When you're winning, you can cover stuff up. But when you lose, people won't change this. And you kind of expect them to be the case, too. That travel, to me, kind of says this. Uh, if if you have a guy that you're highlighted that's become a problem to your defense or to your offense, you let him start the game. But you understand, you let a guy know that, hey, there is a leash in this game. There's not many opportunities to have an international loss like this. And the fact that you have a bye week after the international games, you kind of lend yourself to say, hey, either go all out or come out. And, and that's where you lay your head on the fact that you hope that guys are professional enough to answer the call so that you don't have to make those changes and put yourself as a coach and the player in a bad situation because nobody wants to fail in this league. It's just that sometimes you get bested or you get beat out. And the bottom line is there's a big difference for the Titans between three and three and two and four, Red. Big difference especially seeing an Atlanta team coming in here after the bye who is clearly improved, and then you turn around and go to Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Hard to win in Pittsburgh anytime. Hard to win in Pittsburgh on a short week in prime time as well. You don't need to go two games under 500. No, and, and if, you can, if you can be 500, you have somewhat survived the gauntlet of five straight AFC games You know, by getting a win over Baltimore. The other thing, and this is not something that the Titans are concerned with, but when you're just thinking of this from a bigger view, you only have two home games in two months. You've got the the Falcons game that you mentioned, and then you have on the 26th of November, the weekend of Thanksgiving Carolina. against Carolina. Yeah. And the rest of it is, you know, spaces because of scheduling and, and road stuff. So you got to make this count. The only problem is, is that, just like you, the Baltimore Ravens are going to London with a seven-point division loss in their pocket, just like you. 
Yeah, and that's where it's going to start to get a little sticky, too. And and here's the thing, too. Uh, it's a copycat league. We all know that. Mm-hmm. They're going to watch that Colts tape, Baltimore, that is, and say, we got to do similar things. We got to either slow down possessions, make the plays that are right in front of us, and attack where they saw weaknesses. Shoring up this, the, the back end of the defense has to play, too. But here's the other aspect of it, guys. Russian coverage always work hand-in-hand. We can talk about the back end of the defense all we want to, but getting after the quarterback is going to be crucial, and especially crucial this week with a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson. you got to be able to bottle him up. Coach Mack speaks about that all the time, bottling up the guys in the pocket and making, making sure they can't see down the field. The Colts game is set to a, a, a guideline for other teams. If they can't get off blocks and see where they actually need to be when it comes down to this front line and linebacker core, it could be a long day because Lamar is out for as many wins as this team is to and to get above 500 themselves. Yeah, bottom line, too, is they can do the same things Indianapolis did better. They've got more weapons. They've got more weapons. Listen, you, you, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, and oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson in that game against the Steelers yesterday, six carries, 45 yards, seven and a half a carry. And until yesterday, he had been deadly accurate. Didn't didn't play as well yesterday, but, you know, and they certainly have the, the offensive line they have the weapons outside to throw to. They have tight ends. I mean, there are things that are in place for them. So, I mean, you have to think they're looking at that saying, okay, let's go do that, what Indianapolis did, and even try to do it better. And, oh, by the way, their defense is better too. So not going to get any easier in the red zone. The the, the Titans have to get their stuff together. They do. And the, the portion of Lamar's game uh, Sunday in Pittsburgh was this. He dropped some dimes to his wide receivers, and they dropped them. They simply dropped them, threw their hands, hit them in the face, all the cliches that you want to say. So you expect him to press them this week. And I would almost expect those guys to want to have a big bounce-back game as a receiving core with Baltimore. But this defensive line has to also answer the call, too. you got to flush Lamar out in a way that makes him – skittish when it comes down to his ability to make plays on you, man. And again, defensively, controlling the line of scrimmage for this. This is one thing I'll say about this Baltimore defense. They got some big old boys up the middle. Always. They do, and I hated them, and I know you guys hate them just the same. <laughs> oh, no. Why okay? would you think that? <laughs> <laughs> but controlling them at the line of scrimmage, man, has to be more crucial this week because, Mike, we talked about seven possession between the Colts and the Titans last week. It may be even fewer about the same amount this week if you don't capitalize on controlling that line of scrimmage because both teams have to be adamant. And we got to make sure Big Jeff is good. We got to make sure Tierra is back on the field as much as possible and plays be made at the line of scrimmage before that team gets started because they have the running back personnel and the wide receivers that kind of hurts you. Well, you just talked about how the accuracy part for Lamar Jackson and the drops yesterday. Zay Flowers. 11 targets, 5 receptions. Mark Andrews, the tight end, 10 targets, 6 receptions. Oh, and by the way, we just saw Zaire Franklin. They traded for Roquan Smith, who's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he's another one who can make 20 tackles at the drop of a hat. And by the way, hats off to Zaire Franklin. That's good football. Player. He's playing lights out yeah. right now, man. And also, there's a I like this game, this matchup, because there's a little beef between these two teams. Oh, yeah. 
It's set to be an international chaotic game is what yeah. I'm saying. And I like those. OT people reminding you SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. That's right. SeatGeek is the newest member of the Titans family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Titans games or any other live event in Nashville, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans. So Titans fans can fan. You ready to go to London? Let's Absolutely. go. Let's do it. All right. We're going to do it. For Rhett Bryan and Ramon Foster, I'm Mike Keith, thanking you for listening to the OTP.